0: Rapping mimosa, these bars in the holster, pouring up a drink, put my name on the poster. Women who can rap make you come a little closer. Step out the whip, drop a tip to my chauffeur. New guest on my list, champagne's by my hips. It's time to get lit, y'all know what it is. It's time to rap, 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 and mimosas. It's time to rap, 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 and Woo! That's my thing. I gotta say woo after. Woo! It is another great bars lit rap and mimosas i am your host la show and we are back today all about the black community mental health Mm -hmm. and overall we're just talking about men okay i'm a woman gonna talk to a man about men things to get some understanding Mm -hmm. yes i like that (laughs) men things to get some understanding and some clarity but also to have some real conversations we're gonna talk about black love too yeah, okay. we're going to talk about black love. We're going to talk about black love. Uh, everybody, Rudy Jean Bart. Woo!
1: <laughs> greetings, greetings. And can you introduce yourself? Yes, uh, I am just like LaSho, born and raised in the county of Dade, uh, an educator, a, a father, a husband. I'm not a father nor a husband. <laughs> um, a black man that loves Black women, loves Black people. And uh, really good to be with y'all. I'm excited about this conversation.
0: Oh, it's going to be a great conversation. Um, there's so many different components to talk about with you because you're so multifaceted. Um, for those who don't know, Rudy is my mentor, my male mentor. Mm-hmm. I sought one out. I said, I want a Black male mentor. I need a Black male mentor. And Rudy was the first person I thought... Um, in my head, but I asked him for suggestions. The first I, he was, and I asked him for suggestions because I was like, he's probably going to be too busy. He's going to tell me no. And then he said he didn't have any, and I was like, well, dang it! Do you want to be it? Because <laughs> if you don't have any, then maybe that means it's you. Um, and I've known him for years because I was taken to his class by my cousin, you know, forcefully for extra credit. <laughs> so that's
1: how you get people to come.
0: So, um, now here we are. And uh, some of the things I want to first talk about is your journey here. So people can kind of get a little background. Because he did a whole one-woman show, okay, called what, Love Letters to a Black Woman. Was yes, that it? Love
1: Letters to a Black Woman.
0: I'm trying to understand how to... Because we're going to talk about black love. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the black community. Yeah. Um, and why I specifically chose you is because these are topics you love to talk about. Indeed. That I feel that you are excellent in. So... How did you get to this journey of being so, I want to say pro-black, but just pro-community, pro-love within the black community on top of
1: that? Yeah, I, I, think, <clears throat> I think it starts with my dad, right? Uh, my dad was someone who, he's from Haiti, but moved to Brooklyn when he was about 15 or so. And when he finished graduate school, that was in the 70s, and Haitians started coming to Miami. And so some organizations needed, felt like they needed um, an activist who can help lead the movement to help Haitian refugees in their transition to Miami. And so my dad was one of the leaders of the Haitian refugee movement, uh, one of the first leaders of, or directors of the Haitian Refugee Center. Wow. Um, So when there was legislation in Washington, D.C. in the early 80s, he was there, protests leading that, he was there, he was doing that. So when I was... Uh, a kid, you know, I remember going to Little Haiti for some of the rallies and protests, and those who are still in the movement or are still very vocal, um, they know me as Tiwudzi, his son and, and his legacy, right? Um, when, as a kid, he would take me to Lemon City uh, Library. And I remember one book in particular, Stokely Carmichael, and my dad saying, you gotta read it, like, you, you gotta read this. And so I think I was born to and raised to be mindful of my people. Then I'm to the FAMU. So, shout out to all the, all the Rattlers everywhere. Who I was about conceived to stop. at
0: FAMU.
1: Yes. So, you are a baby Rattler.
0: I'm a baby Rattler. I was conceived there. Shout out to
1: the March of 100. Yeah. Shout out to her parents for choosing FAMU. And having having sex at FAM. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm it happen. So, yeah. like um fam you rat like really was everything um I, I got a friend named javante who went to fam when i went to and he wrote a, an article in huffington post years ago where he says that hbcu is heaven mm. and i believe that right like as a black man i felt affirmed in that space and i was just surrounded by phenomenal phenomenal people uh but especially phenomenal black women right and so i think for me, I remember at FAMU writing an article in the FAMUIN, which is the school paper, and as a sophomore, called uh, "Show More Love for Black Women," right? And I think for me, it became apparent that Black women give so much and yet receive so little. Mm. So I wanted to change that narrative because it's, it's oxymoronic, right? Like how could how could God be treated, you know, less than or other than? And I think no one has more divine energy in the face of the universe than black women do, right? So for me, I learned that at FAM. And even before, just, you know, women that were around me, my mom, grandmothers, aunts, you name it, cousins, friends, you name it. Um, And then you transfer that, move forward to, um, you know, my wife and and family members and homegirls and mentees and all these other phenomenal black women that I know. Uh, that I do believe that black woman, the black woman is goddess. And, and I, you know, kneel at her altar because I get wisdom from that. And I think that was the essence of it in the beginning of it. So
0: Can you say that one more time? I just, Yes. I want the new people coming into the room to hear percent. what you just said about black women being a, as a, as a black
1: As a black woman, as a black man, you should worship at the altar of black women. And you will be set free. I set promise free. you. I promise you. So that has been revolutionary in my life black women have guided me and loved me and uh, i'm super appreciative so i love that it's a black woman that concept came originally was supposed to be a book in college and then um eventually got to a place i work at an institution a, a college locally um where i now serve as an administrator before then i was a professor and at the time Um, Someone came to me with an idea and said, "Hey, we want for not want, but rather, Rudy, I got some money, and you're always supportive and you always have ideas. What would you like to do?" Mm. And then I thought of, "Man, I really would want to do this show where I utilize my ability to do spoken word poetry. Though my freestyle later will be trash. I'm like y'all right now, and (laughs) and and I wanted to infuse a band." And then I wanted to have painting done while the music and everything was happening. It was happening. such
0: a good, I wish, why didn't you do and it videos. more? I didn't know. I actually didn't know that that's the backstory.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought that you. That's could, what it was. And videos crazy. too, it was very immersive. Um, and then I did a pop-up version of it later on with Books and Books. So people are saying I need to do it again. You do. Um, so yeah, I think I will. You do okay, need to do
0: it again. I'm doing my one-woman show again. you doing it? Yeah. And you're going to do... You're
1: going to ask... do the... Whole... Do you not even know where the... So, LaShondra asked me <laughs> to do a poem with her. And I don't even know where that poem is.
0: It's okay. We're going to write a new one. Okay. I like that. Let's we're going to write new a one. new one. Okay. We're going to write it. Um, Now, you said a lot of information. And now I have, like, so many people that's starting to come in. So, just to catch y'all up, this is Rudy Jean Bart. He is an administrator at... Uh, Institution that shall not be
1: named. Okay. <laughs> just in case I say some <laughs> reckless shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. And an institution that shall not be named. Um, former professor. Okay. And we just talked about his road, um, to getting to this point of having him on the show because tonight is all about, uh, everything black tonight. You see, I got my all black on with my red lip. Okay. Um, <laughs> and tonight we're focusing a lot on black men. I wanna focus a lot on black love and the concept of that. Um, and I wanna talk about mental health and the black community. Mm-hmm. And Rudy has a background, um, honestly, you know, growing up with an activist and all these different things, so that's so dope. Um, I do wanna kinda of, you've talked about your love of black women, mm-hmm. right? So much so that you did a, a whole one man show, mm-hmm. right? Called Love Letters to a Black Woman. Great show. Okay. And I want to transition that into talking about Black Love.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. So Black Love, right? We see it all the time. They have pages now called Black Love pages on Instagram, Facebook. There's groups for it. Black people meet. There's so <laughs> right. There's so many things that that promotes Black Love. Right. Um and hashtags and it's a celebration all the time. Now there are several questions I have about this. This is off the top of the head. I didn't even write this right down. But okay, impressive, impressive. thank you, thank you. So <laughs> my question, it, the first question I ask is, first of all, what is black love to you and mm. why is it important? Two-parter.
1: Black love is transformative. And for me, the reason why I say that is things that are transformational are rooted in altering levels, mm. and especially when you think about where black people have come from, all <laughs> people more y'all with no juice, <laughs> none where people come from, right. Understand that no matter if you're African-American, you're Haitian, Jamaican, Bayesian, whatever, Bahamian, Afro-Latin, right? We were enslaved for hundreds of years. And in America, it was literally not legal for slaves to marry. And so when you think about how black people were treated like property in a very literal context, And in true, authentic love, folk are not property. So, like, there are... The other thing we have to talk about is if you think you own your significant other, then that is not love. If your significant other feels as though they own you, that is not love, right? So, black love is liberation in blackness. Mm. It is saying, I am not my best self necessarily because of you but i am here to give and receive from you because in that is transformation right like i need to become or need to enter into the space as somewhat whole as whole as possible and i think that's the other problem too which is we enter into a space broken and then expect for the love to fix it
0: Listen, hold on. We're going to get to the mental health part. That was going to be my segue. Okay.
1: okay. So then here's... So that black love is transformative. Why it's important is because representation is important. Mm. Because it speaks to possibilities. Too often in our community, we seek outside of our community for guidance. Mm. Because we don't see examples. So too often we have to go and learn about other entrepreneurs... We have to learn about other studiers and and study habits and those who have successfully been able to traverse the academic terrain, right? Because we're like, well, people who look like me don't celebrate education or people who look like me don't have a lot of money or people who don't look like who look like me don't have a central family that's connected. is a thought process. So we start looking for other examples. The problem is that they don't speak to our culture and our essence. And so now here it is where so often a black man or a black woman ends up finding love elsewhere. And this is not shade towards those who have found love in an interracial context. But what I'm saying is, for me, the question is why? And what I have found quite often is that there are brothers or there are sisters who go outside of their race quite often because of a belief that there's a lack within their race. And that psychology is what is problematic, right? Mm. If you love black people... And you love black women and you're like, black women are everything. You just so happen to fall in love with a white woman, kudos. If you love black men, right? And you're like, black men are amazing. Uh, I think the world of them, and you just happen to fall in love with a white man, kudos. But when you're like, yo, I feel like I can't find it within my race, then you are affirming the stereotypes that exist, right? Ooh. And so black love says, yo, this is, this is actually possible, Um, I remember going to a a wine bar that was owned by a black woman, phenomenal, beautiful black woman. And she and I were talking and she was saying, you know, hey, I don't know if I want to marry. Not that I want to. I don't know if there's going to be a black man for me. I've dated black men. It's been some issues. And we talked about it. And I'm just like, no, they're out there. In our conversation she's like yo you know and looking at someone like you it makes me think maybe there are black men who would fit my who would fit me like it exists now i was married and still am married and so therefore there was no pursuing of her or no pursuing of me but it spoke to the possibility right of oh here's a black man who i'm having an intelligent conversation with there's humor there he seems really cool Fast forward, she ends up with a black man and she's absolutely in love with him, right? And so I think possibilities allows for our mind to be aware that we can make that connection, Mm -hmm. that there is someone who looks like me out there and will therefore fit me well so that when issues of race happen, I don't have to deal with the awkwardness, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have to be married to someone where, or go to their family and we're talking about uh, George Floyd, and you're talking about well, George Floyd shouldn't have done X, Y, and Z, because with you with someone who has your same cultural context, there's an understanding and a shared experience that allows you to flourish and be understood.
0: Okay, all right, Professor. Every <laughs> now and then, yeah, all right, Professor. So let me ask you this: um, as a woman of color, as a black woman, mm-hmm. um, there are conversations had, and there are statistics. That are talked about as far as Black women leading this educational race, this business, like entrepreneurs who start businesses like crazy, yes. like crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like every couple of minutes or seconds, a Black woman up oh, got an LLC, right, <laughs> <laughs> right, which is great. All that's great. However. The question becomes, that when we talk about being equally yoked in a relationship, mm. that while black women are consistently progressing, right, right. right we have it statistically, not going to say that black men are not progressing at all, but statistically speaking, black men are not as successful or don't even earn as much income as a black woman, mm-hmm. right? So when it comes to this idea of black love, and let's go to provision. Mm-hmm. if we want to be a little old school right because some women kudos to y'all um have you know feel like it doesn't matter you know money doesn't matter i'll take care of everything and be submissive and this is in that mm-hmm. now for me personally and this could be controversial that's not my belief um and we've had this conversation Yeah, <laughs> we've had this conversation i believe that if money is an issue and if one person in particular, especially if the woman is overburdened with the financial burden, mm-hmm. I think that things start to feel lopsided in the relationship based off of past experience. Okay. And statistics show, right. What is your take on this as far as like, cause money plays a major factor in adult relationships. Right. And one partner earning more than more than the other. And then on top of that, there are some men I've met who have, who have insecurities around their woman earning more than them because they yeah. want to be able to be the provider and provi- being a provider is more than just financial. For sure. Um, however, I'm just bringing this topic up. How do you feel about that? Like, what, what, what's going on? Black uh,
1: man. I'm, not, I'm not someone who... Um, I'm not a one size fits all person. Mm-hmm. I think it just depends on individuals involved. Yeah. Um, I will say, however, that w- what women respect... In a man is a certain sense of power. Mm -hmm. However, that power transitions itself or manifests itself, right? Yeah. So if you are a man that maybe financially you're not powerful, but you're powerful in other ways, then maybe that might placate that for a little bit, right? I think it all depends on also the woman that you are with and what she desires and feels. What I believe, however, mostly is in reciprocity. And so what that looks like to me is that one can make more money than the other, but I think it's most ideal when they both have a certain level of ambition Mm -hmm. that allows for the other to be someone who also is making their money and making good money as well, and also has the tenacity to go hunt for themselves. I believe that we are able to build empires together when you have a king and a queen. Absolutely. Versus someone who is clearly not within their king energy or within their queen energy. Yes, right? So I think it's less about the finance and more about the character and the ambition. That being said, um, I think you will rarely find instances where it works well, where a woman makes significantly more money than the man. The reason why I say that is because I think the man is going to be insecure because men Mm -hmm. have been conditioned to believe that we are supposed to make more money and be the providers Mm -hmm. um and i think men are becoming more distrustful of women funny i think it's it's funny because i think part of the distrust is really rooted in men many men being uncomfortable with the notion of equality with women right Mm -hmm. and with men feeling as though if a woman has a certain level of power then of course she must be out there doing whatever God knows what is the thought process. And that isn't necessarily the case, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that as men, as black men, we have to be honest about the way in which society has conditioned us to be boys and to not fall into that trap that we are to be men. We are to be leaders, but also be man enough and courageous enough to know when to follow our woman as well right we're not always going to have the answers we're not always going to have the expertise and i think that that reciprocity is important i've never been attracted to meek women, right Mm -hmm. um i think a woman that is strong in her essence and i don't mean that in in a combative way right because being combative does not make you strong But a woman that has determination, a woman that is ambitious is very sexy to me, right? Um, And so going for hers is great, but also I think it's very important for a man to be ambitious because society and women especially respect that energy. And if you don't have it, it's only a matter of time where you're not gonna gain respect. And men who feel disrespected are highly emotional, but in a different way in that the emotion can lead to abusive behaviors right um and so therefore it is really important to be paired with someone who you make a pair with rather than someone you are imbalanced with
0: that's important i would say i i understand where you're coming from and i agree we have a comment from dre Okay, Um, and Dre says, I don't think it's insecurities. It's because a man not being a breadwinner places him in a subservient position, which is out of order.
1: I think for me, the reason why we often think about men being ahead of women, it's a very Eurocentric understanding. They'll be assumed that it's an African understanding, right? Mm -hmm. So in, in European religion, as example, Christianity comes to mind. You have God, and God is all male, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And there's a quote that says, If you make the male God, then if you make God a male, then you make the male God. And I think that there is power in reciprocity, right? So the imbalance sure can make someone subservient. Um, but even that in and of itself, if I'm a man and I'm making significantly less money, why does that have to make me subservient? That is just one aspect of humanity. So the example would be, or let's flip it around for a moment. Quite often, we assume that women are to be subservient, and we assume that because a woman may, in some instances, be in the home, that she is subservient. But you know that if the woman is no longer in the home, that the home shuts down. And if that is the case, then how is a woman subservient, right? I think we... We're attaching too much power and value to the income. The power and the value is in the connection and the development of one another. The power and the value should not be exclusive and primarily to the income. Uh, Another way to look at it is this let's say you're a man and you make 200K, let's say, and your woman is 25K, but you have no discipline. You are not a leader in your community. You are not empowering your children. Your children don't even know you like that because you're absent from the home. You're not powerful in the universe. You're subservient, right? And so I think that the subservient aspect should not simply be tied to economics, but really more in connection of where you are in relation to the universe. And it's less about subservient one or the other as much as it is about collective, powerful, collective um, generation of power right Um, my wife is not subservient to me i am not subservient to her Uh, we work in a space where we are powerful individually and together therefore we are able to raise a powerful child right i think there was power in acknowledging the power of women and not being threatened by it and not assuming that my money can shut down a woman's power or essence or energy because that's not that's not the case but I think that's interesting conversation so shout out to Dre um for that comment
0: shout out to you Dre 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 okay um all right so then I'm gonna move on from that because I could talk about that all day and you already know okay because we've had our own love yeah (laughs) okay um you mentioned um so for instance, we kind of started to get on mental health a little bit earlier, yeah right when you um I'm trying to remember the exact wording that you use, but you talked about um pretty much the 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 headspace individuals mm-hmm. have to be in in order to be in a relationship together. Yeah right um and i think that sometimes when we talk about black love i think mental health within black love is not talked about enough yeah um and the fact that in order to i th- i think personally successfully have a healthy relationship it takes two healthy individuals and for two healthy individuals both have to be independently um, dedicated to consistently working on themselves, right? So whether that be therapy, and I'm an advocate for therapy, I say everyone needs Absolutely. a therapist or a life coach or someone that you can vent to that's going to tell you something and sometimes tell you about yourself as an outside looking in that you trust and respect. I don't care if it's the pastor, but find somebody. Um, But working on yourself is a consistent thing. It's not going to be, I worked on myself for six months. I'm great for the rest of my life. Um, why don't we talk, like we talk about mental health a lot, Mm -hmm. right? Now it's like a normal thing to talk about mental health. We talk about black love a lot. Right. But I, at least I'll speak in my I voice have not seen a lot of posts or things talk about the importance of great mental health within a loving relationship, but especially with everything that we see going on in this world of black relationship. Right, because it's very easy in my opinion, to be triggered as a woman and as a woman of color by things mm-hmm. um and while black men and black women can relate to each other in a lot of ways, the fact that I'm a woman right still adds mm-hmm. that difference, so like you may look at things from your male perspective, which is male privilege in a lot of cases versus me looking at things well, I'm still a woman, but I'm also a woman of color, and as my grandmother once told me that's two strikes against you already to be a woman and to be a woman of color, um, in this world. Right. Right. Um, and then it's just a matter of figuring that out. How important to you is having mental health conversations within black love? It's the first question.
1: It's huge. Um, it's huge. Right. So I think the first thing is, is to really ask oneself, Are you you with your partner? And in part, maybe you're not you because you've never been able to discover who you are. Oh, that's Um, nice. And I think part of that is rooted in we become our baggage, right? We become the definition of other people. Um, Our lives are meant to be autobiographical, but often they're very biographical and they're written by other people, right? So if, if I am a spiritual text, that is a verse that has been written by other people, then my relationship is going to be defiled, right? Like, like the beauty comes when I write the verses in the text, um, in my own story. And so we enter into relationships and spaces where we are not ourselves, we are our baggage.
0: Mm.
1: And for a lot of Black couples, that is the case. And the reason why it's so important for black men to tap into our divine energy, and it's so interesting because when we think about spirituality or we think about um, being introspective, we often think about women doing that. Like even when it comes to seeing a therapist, it's often a woman seeing a therapist, right? And what ends up happening as men is we end up not being able to communicate our feelings, number one. And then secondly, we end up not being able to interpret the feelings of our woman. Hmm. And so communication is damaged because we're, she's not talking and I'm not talking. Our baggages are talking. Oof. Right? Oof. And so what ends up happening is I'm entering into this space where I'm not even me because I don't even know who I am. And she's not even her because she doesn't know who she is. And because I don't see myself as a true healer, I can't even heal her. And I can't even heal myself or be in a, in, a, in a place, in space where I'm being healed, right? And so there's this brokenness that abounds in that. And so there is something to be said about a black man being healed and a black woman being healed and then entering into the space together. When we are damaged and we stay damaged, then things that shouldn't be fights end up being really big fights, right? So as men, we're very prideful. Um, Women are quite often emotional. Not all women, I don't want to generalize. And not all men are per se prideful. But it takes a lot of work for a man to say, let me live beyond ego and let me live beyond pride. It takes a lot for a woman to say, let me live beyond emotion. And so what ends up happening is when you stay in a space of emotion versus a space of pride, then common sense is not common. And intellectual thought is not being heard, right? And so I think definitely being in a space of mental health uh, I'm a proponent of meditation. Uh, I'm also a big proponent of a therapist as well. Um, reading a lot, reflecting a lot, listening. Not always being in a space where um, someone said it really well. They said, "Marriage is the only place where you can win every battle and lose the war," right? Meaning, if if me being right is more important and I can yell louder than you. And therefore, I feel like I win every battle. But meanwhile, you are crippling inside. We can end up losing our marriage around that. And so there are times where my wife may feel a certain way. And it's not that I agree or I think, oh, you you have every, you should feel this way. Like, my intentions weren't bad. But you feel this way. So I'm listening. I hear you. Here's what I meant or here, you know, were, were my intentions. How do we not get back to this place again. And I think um, being in that space versus always being on the attack is so, so important.
0: Oh, just acknowledging a comment here. Thank you, It's Barbiana. Uh, ignoring mental health is like poison in a black love relationship. It happened to me in my seventeen year relationship. Seven of those years were married. First mm. of all, thank you one for your transparency and your honesty in the comments. 100%. Okay. Um, and I would definitely agree. I would say I've worked uh a good amount on my own personal mental health mm-hmm. and taking off hats of what I think is right or wrong based off what the people have told me and making my own decisions. And, um, I feel like I'm a new person. Like I feel like, dang, this next relationship, whenever I get into it's going to be quite different from the rest with my amount of honesty with myself, but also knowing who I am, what works for me, past triggers that I may have, and also coping mechanisms. Cause no one's ever going to come perfect, um, male or female, or, um, however people may identify. And it's so important that we, make a conscious effort to also acknowledge well when am i triggered is he triggering me or are they triggering me or is you know based off of them or is it a past situation that has nothing to do with them that i need to do some inner divine healing with
1: mm-hmm.
0: now something that i now look for and i talked about this on another live is i look for the person who may be interested in me have they ever been to therapy are they in therapy um or do they have an outlet it's so important to me Um, And it's a question that I often, always ask. i am I the only one drinking and you're not drinking? Because I finished my baby. Oh, you finished yours? Okay. You've been babysitting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Understood. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. But um, the reason it's so important for me is because of what, like, It's Barbiana even said what which was about the idea of it being so detrimental to a relationship to not have a mental health um practice on both parties going on um and i've dealt with that i've dealt with men who genuinely did have insecurities um whether it was because of you know them dating me and me garnering attention you know the same thing i always say the same thing that you're gonna love me for is gonna be something that gets on your nerves at some point because uh, it's going to be something else that other people also love me for. And it could play with emotions. Also, it may just get on your nerves sometimes, right? So I look now and I ask, okay, what's your mental health like? Um, and I'm purposeful in that because I could be your friend. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be your woman. And then I need to know, even if you, you can have a bad day or a bad week, that's understandable. But how do you bounce back? Do you have a system for that? Are you creating a system for that? I, because it's it's sexy as hell. Sexy. When I talk to a man, he says, I was talking to my therapist. Oh!
1: <laughs> stupid.
0: Boy, I lose my mind.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: every single time a man, especially a black man or a man of color that I'm like talking to on the phone, tells me that my heart just flutters. What was your mental health journey like? I mean, how did you get to the point of being accepting of mental health therapy? Because I've also had conversations with men who are still very anti-therapy. I I had an ex-boyfriend. Um, I was in therapy. And, you know, of course, I talked to my therapist about the guy I was dating at that time. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, maybe bring him in one day. Maybe we could do like a little session between y'all two. Also talk about like mechanisms y'all could use. So I asked her right. if he would come with me. He Tell me no. He said, I don't need a stranger (laughs) to tell me how to talk to my woman. Clearly you did, because we ain't make it. (laughs) We did, thank (laughs) you. So, tell me your mental health journey. How how did we get here?
1: I think it was very important for me. Um, I have a friend who helped normalize it for me. Right? I think it's important for black men to say, yo, I have a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to not share what your business is. That's not people's business. But to maybe share some insights that therapists share to show you the value of that therapist. Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, I think I've been open to, to therapy for a while. But my trepidation was more so because I'm someone who... I'm very introspective. And I don't say that from a, a level or a place of arrogance. That's not my intent at all. Um, it's just, it's who I am, right? Like, I, I think a lot. Those who know me know that I think a lot. And so I have thought of various avenues or aspects of my life and my journey. And I also appreciate really deep conversation. And I don't really appreciate superficial, shallow conversation as much. And... You know there are therapists that sure I know, but not many of them stood out to me as far as being able to provide conversation of depth that would make me feel like oh I can go to the next level. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a friend who was like yo, I'm seeing this therapist and this therapist said X, Y, and Z, and it was like yo that sounds that sounds dope. Like what this therapist said is is intellectual. Mm-hmm um it's not surface and it gets at the heart of the matter so i asked my friend hey do you mind sharing the, you know her information and he did and i called her and i you know the word the first words were like yo i'm a black man i've never gone to therapy before i don't even know where to begin and she said that's a great place to start right and i got to say you know i did therapy for for several months um and it ended not because and i know i can call her anytime Um, But she's like, you've done the work. There's some other things that you need to work on. Sure, but that's not based upon you're needing me for that other work, right? Um, And she has been super helpful. Like, I have shared her information with so many people, which has led me to be like, yo, I have a therapist, right? Yo, there's a therapist. Like, you need, oh, yo, my therapist is great. And then you get possessive of them. Like, my my therapist is great, right? Um, And she really was good at showing care and then calling me out on my shit, too, Mm. right? And so, like, when I'm trying to intellectualize something, there are moments where she's just like, yo, you're trying to be a professor right now. This is really what it is. The professor. Right? Um, And she really helped me have a really core understanding of certain things that I think has helped me a lot and has she showed the importance of doing the work and also asking the question of what is preventing you from doing the work you need to do? Mm. And that's a, such an important question. All right, cool. You're saying this, so that means it requires this. What is preventing you from doing the this, right? And so I want to give her a big shout out um, for, for what yeah, she did in business. my
0: life. So you want to tell her, say her name, or you want to put it out like that?
1: Uh okay, I can say her name. Say her name. I want to give a big shout out to Imani Williams. Um are gonna have to
0: spell that out. I M
1: A N I and the ma Imani, by the way, uh, means faith, right? So all the, uh, those of us who are Kwanzaa celebrators, you know what that is. Um and so. She was amazing, amazing black woman.
0: We gonna tag her.
1: Yeah, I don't know what Instagram is, but yes, Imani was great. And um, just letting you know, though, when you if you call and you be like, "Yo, Rudy recommended," she can act like she don't know because she it's client privileges, right? <laughs> so I appreciate that about her. Um, but she was dope, and I've been giving her business for real. So, Imani, you know, I've been giving you business. Are you gonna share this with, um, him with her? But like, nah, she's super dope. So we, you know, appreciate Imani. And I
0: want to acknowledge it's again. She talked about how individual therapy probably would have been better for her. And her, um, I'm assuming, ex-husband. Um, but he feels like he doesn't need it. Listen, at the end of the day, you can't force anybody. All you can do is work on yourself um, as, as an individual to, to build that, you know, community within yourself. So, you did the right thing, which leads me to the next and final component. Okay. It's all about community. <laughs> Why are you so stupid? <laughs> right? It's all about community. So... Uh, I want to talk to you a bit about the black community yeah. as a whole. That like, Once again, this is a subtopic that could be a main topic um, for hours on end um, because we talked about black love, but I think it's very important. We talked about mental health mm-hmm. and the importance of individuals, especially men, um, seeking out more mental health. Um, and there are free options out there as well, which I love seeing. Um, literally, you could type in free health for black men and resources will be there. Same thing, free health for our mental health health for black women, and that will pop up as well. Um, but community, because mm-hmm. all of this technically leads to how are we impacting and building the community? What do you think the state is of the black community at, you know, mm-hmm. right now at this moment?
1: It depends, you know, what I mean, like, I, I, I'm, I love us. I love us. And uh, some aspects I love where we are, I feel like more and more black people are in tune with their blackness. Than I will say a decade ago, right? I think that's important. I think more people are talking about more black people are talking about supporting black businesses. I think more black people are talking about black love, black travel. Mm-hmm. Um, Very true. I think I think that that beauty exists and I recognize that. I think on the other side though, there's these prevailing problems that exist in our communities. Um, funny enough, we were talking about this before the show, young Dolph being murdered. Is one of them, right? I think, and that's the oxymoron of it. Like, Young Dolph, a week ago, was at that same cookie shop promoting the business of that cookie shop. That's black community today. And then the other day, or was it yesterday, Young Dolph gets shot and killed. That's also black community, right? And that same, in front of that same cookie shop. And I think that's the thing, right? That we are, that it speaks to the the... The breath of humanity. It speaks to who we are. It's not a matter of us being good or evil. It's good and evil. We be composed both. Yeah. And I think that's where we are as a community. Um, that being said, I don't think we are at a place where we are radically in love with Black people, and uh-huh. we need more Black people to be radically in love with Black people. Um, I love everyone. Don't get me wrong. Um, I have. <laughs> I, it's funny, you know, like I have white friends, like I do, right? They exist. Um, I have people who are not black who are my friends that I'm cool with. Uh, I also want to say that I'm radically in love with black people. Um, We have been conditioned to hate ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that makes me love us even more, right? I think the only way we get out of the muck in which we find ourselves constantly in is radical love. Is saying and thinking to ourselves... Uh, you are a black person and because of that um, I want to honor and protect and nurture you and be protected and nurtured by you and until we get to that place we end up being in a perpetual space of a negative a negative cycle and it's interesting right because that's another black man that is murdered and dead and therefore not available for his family And there's too many of that, right? Um, There's a New York Times article that came out some years ago and it was titled, uh, 1.5 million black men missing. And the reason why it's titled that is because it looked at the data around homicides of black men as well as incarceration of black men. And it shows how many black men are plucked away from society, therefore plucked away from black women. So an example that the data gives in this article is that for every 100 white women, there are 99 white men. Let's say everyone in that space, let's just say in this instance, just to make it simple, let's say everyone in that space was heterosexual and they were told, all right, you're going to go on a date with with one person. You ought to find one person. That means for white people in this data, this was 2015, only one white woman would have no one to to go out on a date with, right? However, for every black man, and the ages were from 25 to 54. For every black woman, for every 100 black women, there were only 83 black men. Which means in the same instance, if everyone was heterosexual and they were told, hey, just go on a date with one person, that means 17 black women would have no one to go out on a date with. So when we're talking about, well, why is she single? And the assumptions are often made, well, she must not be doing this and she must not be willing to do that. No, sometimes literally it's the numbers, right? Um, If there are that many black men who are missing because of murder, because of 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 incarceration then we are missing then we're not even talking about to your point earlier educational discrepancies right now we're not even talking about whether or not that black man is seeing himself as a spiritual not religious uh but spiritual divine energy and therefore not only someone who is able to protect but someone who's able to nurture when nurturing is needed um so many Black men end up in spaces where they're not healers. And we are designed to be healers, too. Um, and we're designed to heal each other as Black men, right? And so us not being present uh, in a in a intellectual sense and in, sometimes in a very physical, literal sense is the reason why there is so much imbalance or part of why there is so much imbalance in our community, right? Um, if we as Black men empower one another... And get to our rightful place. I promise you, our race will be so significantly further than what we are. But when you have so many black men missing, and so many black men not knowing themselves, we end up suffering, mm. right? And so, what what does men what does ma- a manhood not maleness? There's a difference. What does manhood look like? What does leadership look like? It looks like having an understanding of self, and having a love for others because people will follow that. And if you know your power, then you can empower others. Um, Marion Williamson says this, and then I'll shut up. Um, when we are liberated from our own fears, our presence automatically liberates others. Young Dolph was killed because his murderers were scared. They still are in the aspect of fear. What does manhood look like? What does masculinity look like? And to them, it meant murder, right? Um, but if they were liberated from their own fears, then Young Dolph would still be with us today. And so we kill because we are killed. We are not ourselves. Therefore, we're not truly alive. Right? So that's something that we have to fix.
0: I know. I read some somewhere once, and I agree with it, that often we think we're in a physical war, but we're in a spiritual one. Indeed. Um, and we're fighting for our spiritual selves and our, our souls to a certain degree. Um, I had this epiphany earlier this year Um, about how we don't see ourselves the way the world sees us. Uh, And what I mean by that is not in a negative connotation. I literally mean we don't see ourselves. like We're sold images of what we are supposed to look like and we adhere to those ideas of what we're supposed to look like, feel like, think like on a regular consistent basis. So much so that our image, if we were to look at ourselves from a spiritual context, is distorted. Um, We have no idea what we picked up and placed on us that was not meant to benefit us. And we also have no idea what was supposed to be put onto us that we have taken off and put to the side for the art of survival. Right. Right? Or for you know, the necessity of um fitting in and feeling like we're in an inclusive environment when well, we were never meant to fit in. Our skin tone mm-hmm. was never meant to fit in. Our hair literally was never meant to fit in to physical contraptions that people would try to force upon us. So our spirits were not either. Um and this this is, of course, a very uh, spiritual moment here. How you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it, I, I've, I've had this, you know, feeling that it's—it's it's literally. I'm very protective of my energy as a lot of I don't like to go all the time because I feel like I can see what type of person or entity I'm dealing with and how lost their spirit might actually be down the rabbit hole. Right. Um, and so the question is then: This is the final one before we go into the wrap. How do we find ourselves? Because in order to have black love, Mm -hmm. in order to have a healthy mental, you know, idea of ourselves and our culture and those around us, Mm -hmm. in order for us to build better, sustainable, abundant black communities, we have to be able to see ourselves as higher authorities than what has been painted for us. Um, How, in your mind, do we get to a point of seeing
1: ourselves? Silence, you know, too often we are in noise. So I have, one of the things that my wife says about me that she appreciates, she's like, yo, Rudy is going to be about Rudy when it comes to his need for his mental health in his good space, right? So like, I'm good for going on walks and being away from my wife and my son for the moment and being reflective, right? And then also giving her the latitude to do what she needs to do away from us as well so that she can really um, be in tune with herself. Um, But I'm big on that, right? So there's, I have extroverted tendencies, but also definitely introverted tendencies. And in some ways I'm more introverted than I am extroverted. And I love to be in a space of just quiet reflection and thinking. And the problem is that we are afraid of what our thoughts are going to say about us. Mm. So the first part of getting to know yourself truly is to forgive yourself. Because if you are dealing with you and you don't like you because you have not forgiven yourself, then it's only a matter of time where you avoid you. Which is interesting, right? Like, Like, we avoid us and we're looking for other people to fill the gap but we're not giving people us because we avoid us and if we're avoiding us that means I'm not in us I'm not in me I'm giving it's you like somebody. Yeah, I'm I'm not giving you me I'm giving you an image of me cuz I I don't like me or I avoid me um one of the things that my therapist shared in a session that really, I was like emotional about. Like, and I sat. And I was like, "Dude, that hit me in the chest." And I'm, I'm gonna butcher what she said, but the, and that's what she said is, "Have you ever been in a space where you felt as though you were enough and you didn't have to work for love?" And that thing rocked me, right? Because so often we are doing things, working to be accepted and working to be appreciated. And we're measuring whether or not someone appreciates us based upon the acts that we do rather than who we are. And if we love us because of what we do, or if we we have someone love us because of what we do rather than who we are, then that's not authentic love, right? And so silence allows us to to really kind of delve into that and say, let me forgive me. Let me really seek who I am and then embrace that person. And I promise you, like the energy that transfers in that is ridiculous.
0: Thank you. I could talk about all of this all day, like literally. Um, I, I feel like I should be paid to moderate these type of discussions. Oh, gosh. I do
1: it's- So why should I should get paid to answer these questions, right? That's how that works. That's how that works, right?
0: Relax. That's not enough of reciprocity <laughs> I'm on. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna jump into this rapidy rap rap. Are you ready? I'm not. Okay, well, get ready. <laughs> All right. And speaking You're going of first. and speaking of young Dolph, we're gonna use one of his beats. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, for tonight. The topic is just black community. Okay. Rock the community. Keep it going, baby I'm
1: in my bag And you know it's show and tellin' And we rap, mimosa. We swaggin' on the couch We swaggin' on the couch At my grandma, house. baby. Okay, my turn? Yeah Alright, let's do it Who we are We melanated Who we are We the greatest White folk try to do us in a way that's flagrant, however, we got the divine energy fragrance. We smell right, we so good, we so smart, we so good, we different, we change it up. Look at how we all divine and they came at us, but doesn't mean that we are defeated. Understand that Jesus is really black and melanated. Heard it first, heard it first. Hold it up, hold the water, holy water. Let me go ahead and try to educate your daughter. Try to educate your wife. I know you think I'm cute. Here I am chilling, and I'm acting like I'm in a booth. But this freestyle is terrible. It feels like I'm eating an edible. However, I'm exceptional. Let me think I'm incredible. Let me think it sounds like I'm making money that happens in the way that's federal. I'm not making sense, but I am making sense. I got a job and a side business. You know how it is when I go and rhyme in it. You know how it is in the flow and the time is endless. The time is expensive, extensive. Who are we? We the ones that be up in the trenches. Black community, you know how it is. Black community, gotta get the biz black community in the 305 and we happen to call the 305 the crib and I'm out and I'm done you hot I survived the freestyle y'all I survived it and he killed the freestyle
0: and on that note, we gotta let it go. Like uh, mimosa, this, these bars in the hosta pouring up a drink. Put my name she on the poster. Women who can rap make you come a little closer. Start Step out now. the whip, drop nah, a tip I to try. my chauffeur. That's new guest on my list. Champagne's by my hips. It's, it's time to get lit. Y'all know what it is. Rap, 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 and mimosas rap, rap, rap. Thank y'all for tuning in. See you soon. And we get out, baby, high in the life. Oh, ha. <laughs>